All right, we're still in the thick of the Zion Williamson situation, and there are many unanswered questions. Why does he supposedly want to go to the Knicks? Did he give the Pelicans a real chance? We're going to cover all of that and more in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever, or sorry, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday. Yeah, I, I lied yesterday when I said we're not going to talk about Zion Williamson, because we are. I went on a couple of different shows the past couple days, and it gave me some ideas for things to talk about that I want to really break down in today's show. And this is going to be a little bit of a response to the Team Ziller article over in his newsletter, Good Morning Basketball, kind of about who's to blame in some of this and answer some of the other things. And that's what we're going to lead off with. And thank you, by the way, for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We've got new fancy lighting and everything here. Um, so I appreciate everyone tuning in and making me part of your day. There's a lot to talk about. And the Zion situation is not going to go away anytime soon. And frankly, it's going to make what should have been a quiet offseason, like not quiet at all. We weren't going to need to probably talk about draft picks. We weren't going to really need to talk much about free agency because they weren't have a ton of money. Everyone could just take a break for a month or two. Not going to probably happen now. As I said, that's not 100%, I think, that Zion is going to be on the team next year. So let's talk about the Zion situation. And I want to, again, in, in response to the Team Ziller article, you know, in his Good Morning Basketball newsletter that he sends out about who's to blame, right? And people, I think, are missing sight of things. I think people want to be like, it's mostly Zion's fault or it's mostly the organization's fault. And CJ McCollum has no culpability in what this exact situation is today. And I don't really look at it like that. You know, I look at this as everyone's to blame and I'm not really trying to kind of dole out a percentage of blame pie or anything here because I think that's kind of misguided because it's all one big mess. The way I kind of look at this is if, you know, you're renting an apartment with three others, right? There's you have three roommates and you're late on the rent, but you've got your part of the money there. Two other people have their part of the money there. And then your fourth crappy roommate doesn't have their money ready. The landlord's not going to be like, Jake, Tom, whoever, you're all good. And it's the, it's the other guy that's bad. They're going to look at it and kind of say, like, you all owe me the rest of the money and you're all in this together, right? There's no percentage, even if you've all agreed to divvy up the rent by by 25%. I look at it like this. I think almost everyone kind of is to blame this. I, I'm actually not going to put blame on Brandon Ingram and some of the players, but I will put some on CJ McCollum and I'll explain what I mean here in a second. So I think that's really kind of what's going on, right? Zion has a ton of culpability. And in this show of parts, you're going to think I'm leaning more towards the team and being angry at them than Zion. I'm not. I've been very strong against Zion, what, all, all season long for the most part. Again, first person to report a lot of the stuff that he was doing and saying, it's not as good as you guys think right now. So I don't want you to think I'm giving him a pass or anyone a pass. I just look at it all and go, you all screwed up and kind of leave it at that. Right, Zion and the stuff, we know he's not nearly as committed as he should be. And that's disappointing. We'll get into that a little bit more in the second segment. Griff, obviously, right? 
And I don't care that Griff has gotten it right. He's doing things better now. The stuff in the past matters just as much to how we got here today. And I don't think that that is something that can be ignored. And we'll get into that a little bit in the third segment of today's show. And then CJ is a part of this too now, unfortunately. This doesn't need to be a story. Part of it is we don't have games, right? So we're kind of focused on this. The Pelicans aren't playing because it's the All-Star break. But this didn't need to be a thing, right? A lot of this stuff could have been kind of kept under wraps and kept in-house longer. But CJ McCollum went on TNT and said, Zion hasn't reached out. I, you know, I tried reaching out to him. I couldn't get in touch with him. And it made him look bad, right? I think that the Pels, to a certain degree, wanted some of this stuff to come out. But they didn't want it to be this Big. This is the week season ticket renewal started, and I've spoken to three reps who are having a hell of a time. Be nice to them. This isn't their fault. But the it's, the renewals are not off to a good start because of this. The questions coming in are, what's going on with Zion, and why should I give you my money if the star player might not want to be there? It's a valid thing, right? They do not want this to come out like this. This is actively hurting them right now from a financial standpoint. It'll get fixed and it won't be, you know, it's, it's almost like a blip on a chart, but it's still, it's hurting them. CJ McCollum probably doesn't, we look at him kind of as a hero right now, I think, but to other players, this is the president of the Players Association, right? This is a guy that's supposed to look out for the best interests of the players. And he effectively made Zion Williamson a villain almost overnight. JJ Redick took it up a notch, but JJ Redick's speech that we covered yesterday doesn't happen if CJ McCollum doesn't say anything. Was he not prepped by the team? He had a PR guy with him in Cleveland. They always do, right? They knew he was going to get asked a question about Zion. Was he not prepped for this? Was this just an accidental, inadvertent thing? Look, I've made those this season, <laughs> right? And it's made it look bad because when we talk to Willie Green today, when the Pelicans have practice, what do you think Like one of the first things is going to be? The other two players, three players we speak to after practice, what do you think it's going to be about? Probably going to be with Zion and things like that. They will have those people prepped. We talked about it in today's show. It'll be lies. They're going to stand behind Zion because that's what they've done publicly. So for a player who's with a PR person to not do that, I think screws things up, right? Again, I think they've wanted some stuff about Zion to come out to put a little bit of pressure on him, but probably not to this degree. If you want to try and mend the relationship and fix things and listener, maybe you don't. That's fine too. Throwing him under the bus ain't the way to do it. That's one of the problems with Griff, and I'm going to get into that in the third segment. So I look at this and like everyone's to blame, right? Maybe, and we'll get again. We'll get into this in the next segment too. Let's let's save it. Let's get into the Nick stuff and did Zion give the team a fair chance here? And this is going to kind of be like two segments in one that will really get into some of this stuff because I have an answer to your Nick's question. Everyone goes, well, they're not good, right? Why would he potentially want to play there? I'll explain. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Be uh, sorry, BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full swing and mode for both pro and college hoops. So for the latest odds, 
totals and player props. If you want to go anywhere and get all of that information, it's betonline.net, your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this year as well. It's not just basketball, right? Not just NBA. They got college hoops, hockey, boxing, UFC, odds, as well as just any sort of sport that's out there right now. Soccer, any of that type of coverage you want, they've got it over at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. You can't get all that context from the box score. You want a quick 30-second rundown of what happened in a game? Locked On Now is the best way to do it with the people that are there covering it. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're continuing to talk about Zion Williamson. And I actually mean this part. Tomorrow, we're going to talk rotations, Garrett Temple, that sort of stuff. Uh, Jose Alvarado will get back to basketball and we at least need like one day off of this, right? So we will not talk Zion unless something crazy happens tomorrow and I'm hoping it doesn't, but we won't be talking Zion and we can maybe just take a bit of a break and enjoy Mardi Gras weekend and everything like that. So kind of went over why I think a lot of people are to blame for like the mess that we're in today. Something that's actively hurting the Pelicans bottom line. Zion's to blame? Oh, sure as hell he's to blame. CJ's got a little bit of blame. It's inadvertent. It's not the end of the world, but he probably, you know, does this look good to other players, right? President of the Players Association throwing a guy under the bus, even accidentally. That's not what the President of the Players Association is supposed to be doing. I wonder if that could, you know, again, I don't think it's a big deal, but I think this was just a slip up. And he's got to probably handle that better because this probably doesn't make the situation between Zion and the team any better when Zion is effectively turned into a villain right now, which he is, and maybe deservedly so, right? I don't disagree with that. But is it good that it's this bad? Probably not. So the Knicks thing, right? I've been on a couple of different places, and they always ask me, like, why would he want to go to the Knicks, right? You have Brandon Ingram here. You have CJ McCollum. Herb Jones looks like a great two-way player. You You have all of these great pieces and New Orleans looks like they're a Zion away, right? I agree with that. So why would he want to leave here and go to the Knicks who are who are about to fire their head coach, just shut down Kemba and look like an ab- absolute disaster? How many multiple games have they blown with a 20-point lead? It, it's shocking to me that Tibbs still has his job right now, and I think they're just waiting until the end of the season to fire him. But they're bad. And if they trade pieces for Zion, there's no real true path to contention for them. So they're not going to be better than the Pelicans. So why would he want to go there? Two parts to this. You know, I don't think it's about the team. I think it's about the city. And I've said this on the show before, right? I've talked about this. You've all heard me say this before. I don't think pro athletes, by and large, there's some exceptions to this, Alvin Kamara being one of them, like to live in New Orleans. I love living here. From Los Angeles, I want to move back there. I want to stay here. I dig this city. I've been here since 04. I love it here. Pre-Katrina, right? I'm not going anywhere, even as, as annoying as the city can be at times. I dig it. I like going to dive bars that'll just fill me up a cup of kind of cheap-ass whiskey that I can throw down. It's awesome to me. I like going to divey karaoke bars, and I know a bunch of those, and I have so much fun at them, Right? I like going to parades. I'm looking forward to being at Muses tonight and being out on the parade route. (coughs) I don't know if professional athletes do. And if I were a 21-year-old millionaire, multimillionaire, I don't know if this is where I'd want to live. 
I got roaches in my house. A lot of houses, dude. That's not a fun situation, right? So we might like living here and go into the neighborhood bar down the street that's cash only, that doesn't serve anything other than like Miller High Life or something like that. But I don't think that's what pro athletes want. So when Zion wants to play in New York, I think it's less about playing for the Knicks and more about living in New York as a guy making 30 plus million dollars per year. I don't want to live in New York. I've had jobs try and get me to go to New York and I've turned them down every single time. But I'm not Zion, and I don't know really what he's thinking. Is the nightlife better there for what he's looking for? Yeah, probably. Are there more strip clubs for him to go to than a couple downtown on Bourbon Street in the quarter? Yeah, he's got more options. So maybe it's more about living and lifestyle than the actual team. And again, New Orleans, historically, especially on the NBA side, struggles to attract free agents. I think that has more to do with the city than it does the team. And that's just, you know, a crappy fact, right? I like living here. It sucks when other people don't want to, but it kind of is what it is. And this isn't just speculation. I've spoken to NBA players about this. I've spoken to NFL players and former NFL players. The guy who clued me into this theory of what I'm talking about here was Deuce McAllister. He's the one that said that to me. And it started getting me thinking and had me asking questions in the future about it. This is like six years ago now. I think you get outliers like Alvin Kamara who really embraced it. You have people that tolerate it. Anthony Davis, but he wasn't notorious for like going out and doing New Orleans things. He kind of stayed at his house and went to Hooters out, you know, on the West Bank and Metairie on occasion. But he was mostly just playing poker and having parties at his house with people he invited over. I don't know if that's what Zion wants. Look, Zion likes going to strip clubs. He's got probably more options in New York than he does here. It's just... Again, right? It's just something you have to accept and it sucks. I hate hearing that, but I think it's less about the Knicks and in that's if he wants to go there, that's the reason why. Less about the Knicks, more about New York City living in a high-rise penthouse and all that stuff. To an extent, I get it. I just don't really care with that sort of thing. So with that in mind, did he give the Pelicans like a fair shake at trying to keep him and figuring this out? Because I think that's a big open-ended question right now. And we don't have a full-on answer to this. I think the answer is somewhat, though. I don't think it's a no right off the bat. I don't think he came in and was like, screw that, I don't want to be here even if I wanted to be elsewhere. Remember him palling around with Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes. Remember them being at the Tulane game, going to the boot right after, going to an LSU game, like really kind of embracing things and looking like they were having a lot of fun. He doesn't really talk to Jackson anymore. Hasn't really, all season long, especially since he's been away. Hasn't really talked with anyone, but especially that guy that was like his friend, right? That he was kind of going through (coughs) everything with. So I think at some point something changed. And that's kind of the open question. Was he 100,000% committed in the beginning? Probably not. But I think he was maybe trying to make the best of it. So something changed. And that's what we don't know for sure. Again, some speculation, informed speculation on my part. So what was that? What kind of changed? And I think that's where... Two other things come into play with this. Again, unanswered questions. We don't have a lot of this, and I'm raising even more as I'm talking about this. But this is where I want to get into the stuff about the team and why I'm not going to absolve them of all this, even if Zion at this point is like not being communicative, right? He is not giving them the time of day to try and fix it anymore. So you could say they're trying to do everything he can, but he won't listen. Yeah, but there was a period of time when he was listening. And that's where things went wrong. And that's why I think those past things that Griffin has done, the team has done are actually 
something that matters today and why I think it's fair Ziller did to bring it up in an article talking about Zion and kind of culpability around this just crappy situation that we find ourselves in. So let's talk about that after I still trying to shake this cold Um, after (coughs) up in the next segment. There we go. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, this episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly like intimidating questioning too, right? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. It means you're going to pay one price and that's whatever they're going to demand it. You're there. You're a captive audience, right? But you have access to rockauto.com. Uh, at home on your computer and even in your pocket on your phone. So save time and money when using rockauto.com. And this is where I get all the parts for my cars and I work on my cars myself. actually need to order a new car cover. I'm going to order it through rockauto.com. Don't choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. RockAuto.com, it's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are always reliably low for every single customer. And they have everything you could want. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet if you need to refresh your ride, things like that. So go on there on their super easy to use website. You click on the make, the model, the year. That's it. They're going to show you all the parts available. You choose the prices for the parts that you want. Do you want the high end stuff or do you just need whatever's going to work for your budget right now? They have multiple options. Chain store is not going to do that. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're here five days a week breaking down everything you want to know about the team. We are, and I promise, I promise I won't break it this time, going to not talk about Zion tomorrow. Rotations, Willie Green, coaching, that stuff, kind of rest of the, the season. What are they going to do? And what's their schedule look like, too? Is it hard or is it easy? Those are the things. Sorry. (coughs) Sorry, man. Um, And now for your next listen, second listen of the day, check out the Locked On Today podcast. If you just kind of want a daily show that covers some of the biggest stories, that gives you the hits you need to just kind of keep up with all the different sports, Locked On Today is a great way to do it. Peter Bukowski is an excellent host. I was actually on there talking about the Zion Williamson stuff. Usually three segments, three biggest stories in all all across sports with our local hosts going on to kind of give you their expert opinion on that. All right, so we just went over the Knicks thing, right? I think it's less about the Knicks and more about living in New York City. And I do think to a certain degree that Zion did give New Orleans a, a chance, it might have been small chance, but a chance to, to, to really have things be right. I don't think he was completely closed off. I don't think this was necessarily, I'm not going to say it 100%, an Eli Manning situation right where it's just like screw you guys I'm not going to play for you I think there was there was an opportunity for him to to do this and for it to work out it didn't though and this is where I don't think it's wrong to bring up the past kind of sins of this organization in David Griffin if Zion was open to it and it's an if to an extent but again we saw he seemed happy and engaged at some point there were some injuries yeah that kind of held it back and maybe derailed things off the bat and you could argue that part wasn't the fair shake but Griff has done some things wrong, right? You know, I, I get the wanting to save Zion from himself with the minutes restrictions and the bursts and all that. And look, that was, to be, to be fair, I agree that that was probably the right decision. The dude was like laboring at times after like eight minutes on the court. But also at a certain point, you have to realize if you want to keep this guy and he's kind of the key to everything, 
you got to grant him certain leeway that you wouldn't others. And they've done that, right? I said, he gets sweets on the road. You know, they've kept injuries quiet and they've, they've done a lot of acquiescing to what him and his camp has demanded. The bubble injury, right? He left, there was an injury, they didn't report it, all, all of that stuff. But still, you know, you get, you do only kind of get one chance to make a good first impression and did David Griffin do that, right? I, I go back to the piano story. It, if, if that's a situation where, where he went in and it just poisoned the well, whether that's fair or unfair, you can't do stuff like that, right? Like, you just can't act like a weirdo and try and connect with this guy. It's not connecting with him. You know, there's the golden rule, right? Treat others how you want to be treated. David Griffin should not be treating Zion Williamson like David Griffin wants to be treated. There's the platinum rule, which is what I go by and work for things. Treat others how they want to be treated, when you have a superstar player, to a degree, you need to do that. And to a degree, the Pelicans have done that. But if you get the head of the team doing things like the piano stuff and other things, right? Throwing people under the bus. You remember that story from the bubble that came out of like, oh, they're going to trade Lonzo Ball and fire Alvin Gentry? That was because Griff leaked, uh, leaked it. There's literally like a picture of him talking to Sam Amick in the bubble. And then Sam Amick writes the story like literally the later that afternoon or the next day it comes out. It's not a secret who was like, oh, they're, they, they're disappointed with Lonzo Ball. That looks bad on Griff. And Zion is probably looking at this guy who's telling him all this stuff. And then real, it, it's not hard to figure out who some of the leaks are, right? It's probably looking at that dude being, wow, what a, what a two-faced guy especially to a friend of his in Lonzo Ball, a guy he really liked. That type of stuff has hurt. And so while, yeah, the Pelicans are trying to, you know, fix things and rectify things now, he might not, and Zion's not giving them the time of day. Is he not giving them the time of day because of the things done in the past? And if that's the case, yeah, they're, they're relevant, right? How, you know, we looked at DeMarcus Cousins for years, you know, six head coaches in seven years or something like that. It was like a black mark against him and all of that. Three coaches in three years for Zion Williamson. He's not off to a better start. He doesn't want that. And this is what Griff has delivered. So why would he listen to that guy? Now, he should. And again, I said in, in the beginning of the show, right, it's going to sound like I'm more against the organization than Zion. But I think the pendulum swung a little too far against Zion and needs to kind of be dialed back somewhat. And I just look at everyone as like, you all screwed up. Like, you all screwed up. That doesn't absolve Zion Williamson or excuse Zion Williamson for not acting like the bare minimum of a professional basketball player for a team by, you know, for a dude who's being paid millions of dollars. You text your new teammates. You be around the team. All of that stuff. He's wrong for this. But if you want to understand how it got to that point, if you're trying to do like a postmortem or an autopsy on it, I think that stuff is very relevant. If he doesn't do some of that stuff, he doesn't leak these things. He loves talking to the media at times. Does that make things better, right? If he stays true to that family and things like that, that he says motto, could things be different now? And I'd argue that, yeah, they could, could be. Not necessarily. There's still a chance that Zion from the first get-go was like, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do that. But he was around the team last year. Things were were better, you know, in terms of playing. He was healthy, all of that stuff. Even when Stan Van Gundy was sucking the life out of the room. Those things add up to probably just make a dude not want to be there anymore. I've had a job before where I hated my boss so much. And no matter what, I just wanted out. And then I got another job. 
you know, was I going, was I enthusiastic in meetings and in working my fullest because I hated this guy? No. I think some like, stuff like that can apply to Zion too. <clears throat> so that's why I'm not going to cut the organization or Griff slack right now, even if you have Zion who doesn't want to listen to them. Why is Zion closed off? Probably because of some stuff Griff has done in the past. That's your job is to figure that out. <coughs> and Griff didn't. But it doesn't, again, it doesn't excuse Zion Williamson. You act like a professional, right? When I hated that boss, I might not have been enthusiastic about things, but was I showing up to work? Yeah. Was I doing my job and bringing business into that organization? Yeah. I wasn't just taking days off, not call, calling out or anything. I was doing my job because that's what you do as a professional. So Zion needs to act professional. And that's not something he is doing. And so now the ball's in two courts. It's in his court on how he's going to act to change this villain perception around him, if he will at all. Or is he just trying to make this so untenable that the Pelicans just trade him without outright demanding a trade request, right? If he demands a trade request, he gets thrown in with Anthony Davis, James Harden, Ben Simmons, all those guys who are bad guys. If they just trade him proactively because they're sick of the situation, he's not nearly as bad of a person, right? And this doesn't look nearly as bad on him league-wide. And I wonder, to a degree, if that's what he's trying to do. But that's a conversation for another day. So this is kind of some of my other thoughts on the situation, some of the unanswered questions that we have and where I think a lot of this blame goes. I just look at it as one thing. Griff, you screwed up. Zion, you screwed up. Others screwed up too. It didn't need to be like this this week, and Zion didn't need to be painted as a villain. And again, right, if they're leaking things, and look, they have, they have 100% leaked things to make Zion look bad to put a little bit of heat on him, that's going to get back to him. You think this guy who hasn't said a thing all season since media day and has just been getting crucified and crucified and crucified, right? Does he actually care that there's a negative perception around him right now? Maybe not. So making him look even worse to try and make him act better is probably going to backfire on the team and only make this headed more towards a divorce because you can't kind of fix that once you figure out where the leaks are coming from. They're going to look at Griff and be like, what are you doing? And that probably screws it up even more. And that's kind of where we stand today. So I'm done. I'm done for the week talking about Zion Williamson. I threw a lot out there. Let me know what you all think in the comments. Well, I'll be looking at these for the, at least the first part of the morning, able to answer things in the YouTube comments and interacting with you all. I actually really enjoy being down there and appreciate all the support for everyone. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Enjoy the parades tonight. If you're going to be out there, I will be out on the Uptown Parade route, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.